part of anticipating not just your returns, but your cash flow will depend a lot on the lease and how that lease is set up. And these are just good things to know. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. If you're paying attention, you know that you only make money when you work. It might be great money, but it's dependent on you. The information on this podcast will help you solve that. We interview experts and provide analysis into financial freedom through commercial real estate. Why? To help physicians like you thrive. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Surgeon Syndicate. In today's episode, we're going to discuss commercial leases. For those who are new to this commercial realm, commercial leases can be very different from residential leases or apartment leases. In most states, residential leases are highly regulated. Terms of the leases, things that can be in the leases and not be in the leases are often controlled by regulations, where a commercial lease can be just about anything that the two parties agree to. That means what's paid for in the lease can vary from just paying a base rent or that the uh, renter can be responsible for all of the expenses the property incurs to the point where it's the same as if they owned the property and paid all of those expenses themselves. Each of these leases have some different terms associated with them. And you may hear these terms when people are talking about commercial leases. And this can be rather confusing if somebody hasn't been through it all before. But this has an impact on investments because the return on investing in a commercial property can vary significantly depending on the terms of the lease. So to begin with, we're going to just talk about the types of leases. And so basically the two major types are a gross lease or a net lease. So a gross lease or a full service lease, it's also referred to, is that the tenant just pays their rent and the landlord is essentially responsible for all other expenses. So for recording this show, I actually lease a small office space. And this is a true gross lease. I pay the rent and everything else is paid by the landlord. That includes the electricity, the internet, the cleaning, the trash. They clean the bathrooms. I just have my one little space that I pay rent on. So that's a true gross lease. Now, modified gross leases can include some other things. Often, a modified gross lease will be similar to a residential lease where the tenant pays their rent, plus they pay utilities. And that may include electricity, internet, and depending on the heating system in the building, may also include some heat and such, where then the landlord typically pays maintenance costs. When you're in Wisconsin, that'll be snow removal, insurance, real estate taxes, maintenance of the building. All of that will be paid for by the landlord. So if you're the landlord and you have mostly gross leases, that's going to be increased expenses that may decrease your return. Now, a net lease are seen more in commercial properties and especially when you're looking at renting to uh, bigger stores or national chains, 
which a net lease typically refers to a lease in which the renter is responsible for most of the expenses or potentially all of the expenses. So why would somebody sign one of these versus the other? Well, more typically, a gross lease you're going to see in uh, smaller rentals, situations where you have multiple small micro offices, which are very popular now, because there's just a lot to maintaining the building and they may be shared costs. Or if somebody's very cost conscious, it may look cheaper to have the landlord paying for the maintenance and other expenses. On the other side, some companies like a net lease because they like to control their expenses. They like to control the maintenance and how well the building is kept up because important to them as part of their image. And often they feel they can do it more efficiently themselves than to fight with the landlord and try and get the landlord there to fix things. So we get back into the net lease. In a net lease, again, as we said, the tenant is more often pays for utilities and the building expenses, often in a net lease, and we'll get to a triple net lease, just basically if you hear triple net lease, insinuates that the tenant is responsible for all expenses similar to if they owned a building. And the landlord just collects rent, tenant takes care of everything. In those cases, you often see something called CAM charges or common area maintenance. What that typically includes are any property management fees, property taxes, insurance, building upkeep, which may include if it's a common heating or air conditioning system or parking lot maintenance, snow removal and such. Now, the CAM expenses when it comes to air conditioning in bigger buildings, the whole HVAC system may not be part of the CAM if an HVAC system for just the person or for just the one unit and doesn't serve multiple units. In that case, with a triple net lease, the tenant will just take full responsibility for that HVAC system. So when we look at those back to the CAM charges or the common area maintenance, CAM charges will typically be doled out to the different tenants based upon the size of the space that they occupy. Maybe build monthly, maybe build quarterly, maybe build yearly. It all depends on the lease, and those things can all be negotiated. Sometimes if you have a new business moving in, and if they're looking at expenses from moving out of an old location, or they're a new business in general, and they're looking at their startup costs, they may look to negotiate deferred CAM payments. So they may look and say, hey, we've got limited cash flow now. We think in a year we're going to have a lot more cash flow. Can we get all of our CAM charges at the end of the year? So as an investor, when you're looking at these things, part of anticipating not just your returns, but your cash flow will depend a lot on the lease and how that lease is set up. And these are just good things to know. So to dig into that triple net lease a little more, the triple net lease is essentially the opposite of a gross lease. In this case, the tenant has agreed to essentially pay for everything. The triple net 
refers to maintenance fees, building insurance, and property taxes. It's essentially as if they own the building and they have everything there. Sometimes once a tenant gets into a building, they may not like how high the expenses are, or the expenses may be higher than they expected. And then they may want to renegotiate the lease. Sometimes they'll use what can be called a bondable lease, which basically means the lease cannot be ended before it expires. This is an interesting case because sometimes you'll see commercial buildings for sale that are empty, but the landlord is still receiving a payment especially if these are buildings that the corporation or the bigger company, like a chain store, could be an auto parts store, a restaurant, have backed the lease. And so if that store were to close, they will still be responsible for paying the entire lease for the duration of the lease. If it were a smaller company that went bankrupt, the landlord might be out of luck because they're in line with the rest of the creditors. But if it were just one store closing in a bigger chain, the landlord still may get paid. Now, depending on the terms of that lease, of what happens if the tenant moves out, often there may be a clause that says they pay the rent unless it's re-rented. So if the building is re-rented, then the tenant is out. And other leases, they're responsible. And if they move out and they leave the building vacant, because vacant buildings wear out faster because they're not being kept up. So the lease could say that if they vacate the building early, the landlord has a right to rent it again, to take possession and rent it again, but they still owe rent on it. So all of these depend on what's in the lease. At times, uh, they may come and if they're vacating the building and ask to buy out the lease. What that typically is, is they're going to ask to pay a certain time period of the lease in which they will be out and the building will be empty, but they don't pay the entire remainder of the lease. This is often a good situation for both parties because the landlord can come in and re-rent it at that point and collect double rent essentially for those months that got prepaid for them to get out of the lease. And so again, these things are all different than your standard residential lease, because typically in a commercial lease, there aren't a lot of regulations, or almost all states will highly regulate residential or multifamily leases. So if something's called a double net lease, so a double net lease typically refers to if the tenants required to pay rent and utilities, as well as taxes and insurance. So versus the triple net, they're not paying the building fees. So this would typically, if it says double net, the landlord will still be paying management and maintenance fees, but not taxes and insurance. So a single net lease, then we just keep stripping away parts that the tenant's responsible for. So in this case, the tenant pays property taxes as well as rent and utilities that leaves insurance and maintenance expenses to the landlord. Now, the difference between a single net or a double net and a modified gross lease can vary substantially. Typically, in a modified gross lease, the landlord is still paying most of the expenses, but there have been specific things that have been negotiated out that the tenant is going to pay. 
And this can be any of the things that we talked about in the previous sections. So you may hear absolute triple net lease and triple net lease. They're essentially the same thing. If it says absolute, that's usually an insinuation that the uh, tenant is paying all expenses, same as if they owned the building. The final type you may hear is a percentage lease. A percentage lease, in my mind, is similar to a modified gross lease. And in that case, typically the tenant is paying some percentage of the total rent and total costs for the entire building. So why are understanding these lease types important to an investor? Especially for a passive investor, when you're looking at an investment, you should see what type of lease it is for a commercial property. Now, this may also come into the business plan for buying that building, that if somebody's buying a building and they're all gross leases and part of the plan is to convert these to triple net leases or closer to triple net leases, that will equate to higher returns. There's been a general movement in the industry towards triple net leases. So if there's a commercial building that has had existing tenants for a long time or had an existing owner for a long time that had been working on a gross lease model for decades, that may not have been changed. The response of the tenants is variable. It really depends on the operator and their knowledge of the market. Sometimes this will be a change if somebody if you really want to move out your tenants and find new tenants in a changing area, changing the lease often will be things that will cause a tenant to decide they want to move out. And other times tenants will be fine with it and they will sign again. But this is part of the business plan and not just understanding what type of lease there is, but why any changes to that lease are part of the business plan and how it's going to affect your returns are important. The other part of leases are automatic renewals or the term of the lease. So often with a commercial lease, you may see a building for sale that has a 10-year lease with five years remaining. So how this affects value and what somebody's paying for a property is if somebody has a brand new triple net lease with a class A corporation like McDonald's. That is going to be, this is going to all add to the property value because it basically means that this money's coming in, the tenant is paying all the expenses, and this lease is guaranteed by a reliable corporation that's very unlikely to fail. So because of the way this is all set up, this adds value to the building. And typically, that building will sell at a lower cap rate. So again, the cap rate is if you paid cash for the building, the percentage return you're going to get on that investment. So that type of building, because the money coming in is so secure and lower risk, is going to sell at a lower cap rate. And this is different from your typical value add. So a value add play would be if you have less reliable tenants or they don't have triple net leases, they have shorter term leases or short amount of time left on the lease is going to decrease the value of the building and typically will sell at a higher cap rate. That higher cap rate insinuates 
a higher return due to more risk. The value add plan then will be to release the building at higher rates. That may require some cash input or capital expenditure where you fix the building up. It may be the building doesn't need a lot of work. And it's just that you can raise the rents because the rents haven't been raised in a long time or the building's partially rented and you're going to move new tenants in because the old owner just hadn't spent a lot of work renting it out. But when you look back to the leases again, so the length of the lease, uh, longer leases add more value. Shorter leases typically will decrease the value or the price of the property. And the number of years remaining on that lease will have an impact. Triple net leases typically are a higher value than gross leases because they mean higher returns. Now, for the value add investor, if you're buying a building that's got uh, lower occupancy rates and gross leases and short term leases, that can look like a high risk purchase. And technically, it is. But for an operator who knows that market and may already have new tenants lined up who have come to them and have said, hey, you own buildings, I need a space and I can't find one. If you have a space, please call me. Where in to the market in general and to people from the outside, that may look like a high-risk purchase to buy a building that's not occupied or has short-term leases that those people are going to be moving out. But if that operator knows that they have tenants lined up that they can move in, those are amazing plays and can be great investments because you're going to be buying those buildings at lower prices. You're going to be moving in great tenants, and that will hugely raise the value of the building. So then you can continue to appreciate those returns, or you can go ahead and sell that building because it will be worth considerably more after that value has been added or that transition of re-renting has been added. So I hope this helps a lot. Um, a lot of people have been asking me since we started the show and looking at commercial properties, they see these lease terms and found it very confusing because you don't hear them if you haven't leased a commercial building before. And so again, basic recap, a gross lease, is a lease where the tenant just pays rent. The landlord is responsible for everything else. An absolute lease or an absolute triple net lease essentially means the tenant is responsible for everything. The landlord collects the rent and the tenant takes care of the building as if they own it. And then there's about every variation in between. And in commercial leases, there's no rules. It's up to the two parties to negotiate an agreement. Thank you for joining us on the show today. I hope this has been helpful. Please leave us a review and leave feedback. And if you're finding things out there that you have questions about, you don't know what they're about, leave it in the comments and it can be something that we can add to additional shows. Thanks for joining us. This has been an episode of Surgeon Syndicate. If you got value from this episode, you know other surgeons are hungry to become job optional and you can help them by sharing this content today. I'd also love to serve you better, so I wanted to offer you two things. Number one, I'll be able to give you the content in an even better way if you take a moment and leave an honest written review of the show explaining what you like and what you don't. And number two, if you are a surgeon and serious about this, you don't want to do this on your own because you don't want to make mistakes with your money. I'd be happy to help you. 
schedule a call and we can make a plan. Looking forward to having you with me on the next episode.